been there but to do it on camera <laughs> leftover fast food cup that's what you're drinking it's I've, there. I've done it too i've done it too but really josh uh-huh. you can it's do there. it you're at home i know but uh, it's any what what benefit does it does it serve you it's, it's from yesterday all right it's just some i i know juice. but it is it is at least 70 percent water absolutely that's what makes it healthy. Anyway, so God. welcome to Consume Content, episode number eight. Today we will be talking about the TV show Fargo as opposed to the movie. No, wait, I'm only here for the movie. Get, get out. Just, no, you have to stay. Unfortunately, you're... Uh, oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> Oh, oh no! I, I've outed my Discord profile picture. Pro- profile picture, yeah. You've outed your Discord profile picture for all for the audio listeners. Uh, Matt uh, physically turned off his camera. And now, okay, now I didn't back. physically turn it off. I clicked. Yeah, button. you did. Yeah, it requires physical movement. A, not a lot of movement, but physical movement nonetheless. Anyway, I could have made me- it voice controlled. Sorry, it's tr- it's true, ahead. you could have. I don't know how you would, but uh, we're talking about Fargo. Seasons 1, 2, and 4. Because I haven't seen 3. And you might be wondering, how could you skip a TV show season? That's right in the middle. Um, because it's an anthology series, that's why. It's an anthology series that's loosely connected. Uh, to each other all the seasons take place in the same universe and it is a crime thriller crime comedy comedy ish crime crime thriller similar to the original film that's so strange i've i haven't seen it except for season three i've I've only seen season three you haven't seen any of it it's perfect you liar all right what happens who stars in season three who plays two characters samuel l jackson Close. 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 God, how well, how racist are you going to be? No, it's not racist at all. They were both in Star Wars. They both played Jedi. Who what? Who didn't play a Jedi in Star Wars? What do you mean, who didn't play a Jedi? Brandon Frazier, that's who didn't. <laughs> Tom Cruise, that's who didn't. Chris Pine, a lot of people haven't played Jedi in Star Wars. Anyway. It's a, it's a long list. More people haven't played Jedi than have. I'm just I'm just saying. Statistically. Yeah, that's my point shit. was my point uh-huh. was how does it make how is it close? It's that close. The two actors were both Jedi in Star Wars. That's that's completely it's unrelated. It's close but because also, but also Sam Jackson is in every fucking movie in the world. That is true. But 
he hasn't been in any other movie or franchise with this actor, I don't believe. This actor being Ian McGregor. Edwin? Is it Ewan? Ian or Edwin? Edwin McGregor? Ewan McGregor, right? I believe it's Ewan. Anyway, Ewan McGregor. Yep. Who plays Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? Who is a fellow Master on the Jedi Council. Is he the starring role in season three? He is the starring role in season three. He plays twin brothers in season three. I've seen a little bit of season three. I didn't I didn't get all the way through season three. It wasn't my favorite season, but I should have stuck with it because what this show does is it, it jumps between decades. And so the first season of the show is almost a, like a, a modern reimagining of the movie. Pretty close. Similar-ish events occur. Similar-ish. But still distinct. And I'm actually going to have to look up the actor's name. Because I love him as an actor. He played Bilbo Baggins. What's his name? I don't... Can you tell me? Oh, well, of course I can. Um, uh, uh, that's not Billy Boyd, right? He's in it, yeah. Uh, no, not Billy Boyd. The- Sorry, Billy Bob Thornton. I thought I thought you meant Billy Boyd as like some sort of like abbreviation for Billy Bob Thornton. Uh, Billy Boyd plays Pippin. Pippin. Yes, that's why I was confused. Mm-hmm. Martin Freeman. Boy. Is oh, that you a- mean Young Bilbo? Young Bilbo. Yes, I should have specified Young Bilbo. So. Let's see here. Martin Freeman plays a guy named Lester Nygaard. Well, so hold on. When, when yep. where is this? Where is he playing this? This is season one. Season one is led by Martin Freeman and Billy Bob Thornton. Right. So those okay, are those. But, your, that's your star power in season one. Right, but so I get mm-hmm. it. It's it's a kind of a rotating cast every season. But yep. go back. Go take a step back because I know okay. absolutely nothing about Fargo. So, yep. if you can give me a little bit more on the show overall. Okay, overall, Fargo is all about crime, right? And it's so it's all about Spider Man. Yes and no. Stop no, it. Um... <laughs> Just no. So what what it is is it's always about the interesting mechanics of crime and how different levels of crime or criminals or different types of criminals can overlap and interact with one another, right? Or how season one in particular, I need to watch more. I need to rewatch season one because Ian Holm, that's Ian who Holmes? plays older yes. Bilbo. The older Bilbo is played by Ian Holm. Yes. The original Bilbo. Yes. So, Martin Freeman plays, in season one, just to give a brief synopsis of season one, he plays uh, a guy who's really down on his luck, really pathetic, really sad, right? Uh, hates his wife. Why you talking about me like that? I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about, Ian, I'm talking about Martin Freeman, okay? Uh, now, Martin Freeman's character, Lester Nygaard, right? He is grown man still picked on by his high school bully right is his wife is hates his wife what where does this take place in i believe that the first season of fargo takes place in the town of fargo 
In Minnesota. Yep. Okay. For and some so, reason, one of the like images I get of this show is yeah, is like the northwest, very mm-hmm. like northern America, yeah. cold winters kind of setting. Mm-hmm. So, uh, quick correction: Fargo is actually in North Dakota, uh, but oh, the whole okay. show so, takes place in Minnesota. And what it does is, it's so, everything somehow connects back to Fargo. Like either Fargo as a town is mentioned at some point. But basically, like it, it's Fargo in the sense where it's like the movie where it's a bit of a, a dark comedy, a bit of a crime thriller. Like it is these multiple things that overlap. And it's easy to forget that the show is sometimes intentionally silly. And then what they add on is sometimes they'll add something very strange to the show. Just like this very odd element. Um, It's either something supernatural or something science fictional. And it's just like added in there as like a sprinkle of something else that somehow just like interrupts the show and just has like enough power to move the plot in a different direction. It's a weird thing. And I'm not going to talk about it much because these things are like specific per season and they're all different. And it's just, it's usually just a small thing. So like in, in season four, it's, it's a paranormal thing that just shows up. It just shows up and it, it changes the story just a little bit. So that way events occur in a different way. And I know that sounds extremely vague and not, but like it's well, extremely vague because I'm, I'm trying to get a good image of it, you know, just like an idea of the show overall. Can you compare it to any other kind of show? I can't ca- compare any it movie? to really anything other than like the original movie, where it's a it's but, a bit of a black comedy, right? About crime, about people. It's going back to the synopsis of season one. I sort of interrupted myself there. So Martin Freeman plays this down-on-his-luck guy who hates his life, and he accidentally befriends a hitman, Billy Bob Thornton's character. And this hitman begins to do uh, Martin Freeman's character favors in the form of killing people that he doesn't like. Hmm. And that's when Martin Freeman's life gets out of control, starts changing for the worse. It's... It's a whole thing. It's, it, it snowballs into this much bigger thing with other characters involved. In, and it almost always it incorporates like local cr- criminals and local organized crime. And it snowballs into how, that cha- how these actions, the actions of a few, affect the lives of others. And that's just season one. Season two is Kristen, is Kristen Dunst. And who plays her Kirsten. husband? What's his name? Yeah, Kirsten Dunst. Yes. As Kirsten there, Dunst has... Spider-Man! Spider-Man! Yes. I told you, it's Spider-Man. That's why I said kind of. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> and uh, so Kirsten Dunst is in it. She plays this uh, housewife. Her husband's played by Jesse Plemons, if you remember him from Breaking Bad. Uh, Todd from Breaking Bad. Who's and Todd? Todd, you know, the the ginger kid. The ginger kid from Breaking Bad who 
murders people. Oh, yeah, and that so, guy. That guy. But anyway, so he plays a real nice guy who's married to Kirsten Dunst in this show. And Kirsten Dunst sort of wants more out of life. You know, she's... Why the oh, first season took... What's up? They're actually married, too. In real life? Kirsten Dunst and, yeah, and Jesse Plemons. I, who knew? I did not know that. That was interesting. Okay. Interesting. Anyway, so... <laughs> Do you not that. want me to interrupt? I, I just... <laughs> That one, that one was important. We had to know that one. Yeah, that's that's actually interesting because they play an interesting uh, married couple in the show, where they're a couple who's at odds. But one thing that's important I should I should mention is that season one with Martin Freeman and Billy Bob Thornton that's modern day. That's a modern day story it takes place in the modern day. Whereas Kirsten Dunst and Jesse Plemons they play a couple in the seventies, and hmm. so it's rewinding time they're back they're in the 70s and you're watching their story right but then okay. the way it, the way it connects is that in season one there's an old cop an old retired cop is he retired basically you have an old cop and his daughter who's currently a cop is trying to like move up the ranks in the police force um uh played by ted played by ted danson you know, from Cheers. Oh boy. He's Ted he's Danson. the old he's the old retired cop, right? Was that guy ever not old? Uh yeah, in Cheers. <laughs> yeah. In was Cheers, he? he was he was not old, right? He was still kinda old. He was an older guy, but he wasn't old, you know? Yeah, but also Cheers was so long ago. Like I, I've a, seen a some of Cheers, but yeah. it's just like now when you see him, he's so old. <laughs> he is very old. But anyway, so Ted Danson plays this character in the modern times in season one. And in season two, his character... Let me confirm this on oh, IMDb. Okay. Because... So... Let me confirm this real quick. Where's Ted Danson on this list? So each season, all, all seasons, they're all in the same universe, the same world. Yes. Hold on a second. And there's uh, characters that overlap that helps connect the seasons. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. Oh, I got it backwards. Okay. That's weird. Ted Danson plays the young guy? No, no, Ted older? Danson... No, no, no. I, they're two different characters. I didn't realize this. Oh, Let's wait. So they're not connected. So, no, they're not connected. I thought this one character was in the 70s, but he's not. Oh, this this the show's a little confusing because of the time jumps. Well, uh, I'm still go, going into this blind. Never seen yeah. a second of this show. I'm still yeah. trying to wrap my head around it. It's, and you say it's dark comedy, I get it, with mm -hmm. some humor with some goofiness that's the main thing like it's mainly humor it's not it's not really comedy bits like there's no punchlines. it's not like what we do in the shadows where we discuss where we discuss it was like very haha -ha, funny very like very wacky characters like the humor is in like for example there's in season four there's a character this big fat italian guy right he's got to be big and fat he's big and fat there's a lot of Italian guys in, in the show, but this one's big and fat. In North Dakota? And or Minnesota? In North Dakota. In Minnesota, right? He's sh he's shipped over from Italy to Minnesota. They explain the whole thing, why he's there. But 
the dude is like just like a bit uh, like a bigger Jack Black in Nacho Libre, where like everything he says sounds like Jack Black doing a Sp- a Mexican accent. It goes, "You're my brother. I'll kill you." Like it's <laughs> like it's like it's really hard. Seen... It it takes a while it, to not Nacho think Libre of that in so long. So that's. <laughs> If I ever watch this, like, it'll be hard to get out of my head. This this big Italian guy, he's just got like these eyes that just like these these big eyes that are just like he's so silly. What right? is that? He's he's so silly, but he's trying to be so threatening, right? And it it actually like it flips back and forth. Like he, in one moment he's intimidating, and then in another scene he'll slip on some ice and and land on his butt and it'll be funny and then he'll try to get back up and try to get back into being intimidating the big fat guy the big fat guy right and so it's funny in that sense where it's funny because these are three-dimensional characters who don't always who aren't always one thing they all have moments of vulnerability that and that is inherently funny just the way these people are just like quirky in how they operate and how they do things. And that's how it is sort of a black comedy because these are people, these are funny people you can get along with. And but they're also criminals, they're also murderers, they're also thieves and drug dealers and whatnot, and they're very terrible people doing terrible things. But So that's one of the connect connecting points is mm-hmm. crime. That's what crime you were saying. Every season is about crime at in some this level, specific town, in in Minnesota, somewhere in Minnesota, it it's about mm. crime and criminals, and how normal people get caught up with criminals. I'm getting like Barry mixed with American Horror Story. I guess so. Of. I guess that's fair. I guess that's a fair comparison. Um. Yeah, I would I would say that. Like, Not so much I don't, American Horror Story. Just something would, that jumps around. Just something that jumps around in that sense. I, I won't say that there's a no-ho Hank in this. because <sighs> Then like, it's just not good. It's it's For that reason, <laughs> you're right, it's probably not as good. But there are interesting characters and there are interesting things going on in the show. Where, again, season two was just so good with Kristen Dunst. Kirsten. She pl- huh? Kirsten. Kier- Kirsten. You said Kristen. Kirsten. Kirsten. I'm trying to say Kirsten, all right? It's difficult. So, season two with Kirsten Dunst and Jesse Plemons. Mm-hmm. Kirsten Dunst is just a normal housewife trying to, you know, dreaming of a bigger life. And she accidentally runs over somebody. She accidentally runs over somebody who ends up in her windshield and she drives the car all the way home with this person in the windshield. And this per- because she that's a question in the show. Like someone asks her, "Why did you just keep driving? Why didn't you just stop?" And she describes it as a sort of shock to her system mm-hmm. like she didn't know what to do because she was so shocked and she just went into autopilot and drove home with a man in her windshield. How did she see you just well, it, it, it was in, he sort of like broke into the passenger side of the windshield, 
so oh, okay. she could see just fine. But this man just so happens to be, uh, you know, the son of a local crime lord, and so oh. that's how she, that's how she gets caught up into the lives of these criminals, and her sort of adventure into this into this world is really interesting. She's really funny in it. Uh, I would watch, I would recommend season two just for her. Because, uh, but that's on top of like all of the crime stuff because it's not as if nothing's happening and all of a sudden these people just like mess everything up and start changing things. There are already things in motion in the lives of these criminals. And so what happens is, what it really is, is these multiple storylines, these parallel storylines occurring in every season. And then these people bumping into each other and then fucking up each other's lives one half the criminals the other half the the civilians and they cross paths and then sometimes the police are in there and they all cross paths at at different points at different intersections and the actions of a few have consequences for others in every season so like i watched the beginning of season three season three the synopsis is Ian McGregor, Ewan McGregor, plays twin brothers, and the brothers are one is successful, one is a loser, and they're arguing. They're on the outs, um, arguing over like you know inheritance and stuff like that, but they each have their problems, right? One of them, the the sad one, the loser, he's got a heart. Oh. He's got a, a hot girlfriend. One. There's a sad one. He's there's a loser <coughs> twin and then there's a winner twin, right? The loser, all he's got, he's balding, but he's got a nice car and a hot girlfriend played by I can never pronounce her name right, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. And how do you she's, know she's she's crazy. How do you pronounce that? Cuz sometimes crazy. I say Winstead instead of Winstead. And so uh, okay. <laughs> It's a lot of names Just, are in this show, okay? In this show alone, there's a lot of different actors. I but Mary, meant, it's a lot of names. She's got three names. She's got three names. Anyway, <laughs> she plays Nikki Swango. Again, weird names in this whole fucking show. But hey, it's Minnesota. Yeah, it's Minnesota. Edwin McGregor plays Emmett Stussy, right? And the who else? And also Emmett Stussy, the the brother of Emmett Stussy, Ray Stussy. So Ray is the the sad one who's balding, you know, got a paunch, you know, but it's got the hot girlfriend who's crazy. And the girlfriend is sort of like leading him to live this life of crime, to take what he deserves, you know, very motivational, but she's crazy. And she's crazy. The brother Emmett Stussy, the he's wealthy, successful. He's the parking lot king of Minnesota. And... This also takes place in modern times, I believe. Season 3 takes place in modern times. Parking lot? Yeah, he's the parking lot king of Minnesota. He Like he owns a bunch of parking lots? He owns a bunch of parking lots. He's the parking lot king of Minnesota. Anyway, so what happens to him is that... Jesus Christ, my phone. There it is again. It's consistent. Hey, if, if we're anything... We're consistent. We're consistent. And so, Emmett... He's being, uh, let's say, courted by some criminals 
to who want to buy into his business. And obviously, these criminals, what they want to do is they want to launder their money through his parking lots. And he's very mm-hmm. against this. He's very against this, but he doesn't know what to do because how do you say no to these people? If you say no, they just take it anyway. So that's the mm-hmm. situation he's caught in. So both brothers are caught up in to these li- into. They're both entering into the f- foray of crime, but in different ways. And I need to I need to watch that season because I haven't seen it to completion. Over like how that all unfolds. What Do I've seen three out of to completion. Yeah, to completion because it's I haven't seen it to completion. All right, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with my word choice? Do you often find yourself not reaching completion? This is a euphemism. You being yes, obviously. Jesus Christ! All right, whatever. (laughs) Okay. Just keeping it light. Just keeping it light. Do it anyway. Well, I mean, it's just it's it's not it's kind of kind of what happens when Mm -hmm. one of us is talking about a show. There's just so much to talk about. There is. I feel like we should. I wanted like I want you to go on and you know give me all this information so I can get an idea of what this is, but mm-hmm. I think it helps to break it up a little. Okay. So that's why I try to throw in a question. I try to make a a a dirty joke. Oh my god. You're welcome. Well, you're right. Thank you, thank you, Matt, for your service. Uh, services rendered. Oh, keep it up. Keep it up. Services to completion. Oh god. Okay. All right. <laughs> service is great no no no. okay i so i had no idea so it the show then it's not the episodes aren't like self-contained it's not like an episodic it's episodic but the stories the narrative continues through the whole season right yes so you have a cast of characters that you are concerned about that you meet every season new cast of characters every season and you start to get to know them you learn their quirks and they very quickly get involved in in these problems, uh, these large overarching problems that affect all of them, uh, in ways that they don't yet know. Um, moving on to season four, season four is about uh, this fifteen-year-old black girl in the in the nineteen fifties, and she is the daughter of a mortician, and uh, her dad is white. Her mom is black and she has to, she's the narrator of the entire season because she's writing a book report for her history class or a history report, I should say. And so is that that whole season told from that perspective? She, um, yes, it's told from her perspective because she is going over the first episode sort of covers crime from the 30s through the to the 50s in the town she lives in because she's mainly talking about sort of the intersection between ethnicity and crime organized crime so she talks about how and this is all the first episode like the very beginning of the first episode she talks about how the first organized criminals in the town were the hebrews then the irish took over and then the italians took over and now by the 1950s, the uh, the black syndicate is trying to take over, for the Italians. And that's where they currently stand. But every time 
before one of these new ethnic groups takes over, there is an attempt at peace between the two factions. And what they do is they do this very like old school thing where they exchange sons. So like the the son of each crime boss will trade their son with the other boss in an attempt to keep peace, essentially exchanging hostages for the sake of, you know, keeping the relationship at ease. Uh, unfortunately, this this does not work as evidenced by the fact that the next ethnic group that comes in takes over anyway. But the 1950s is different. And that's why the story is being told about the 1950s and they only briefly cover the, the past three families before them. But the differences aren't apparent until probably the very end. Like there's some key like historical differences as to why why it's the black mafia versus the Italian mafia in that whole scenario. And this, the girl, the 15 year old girl gets caught up in the lives of these criminals because her family takes out a loan from loan sharks that are a part of the black mafia. And because of this, her family is now indebted to that crime organization. And she is for the most part, a sideline player until she figures out how to get her family out of the situation. But that's not till much later. Now, the leader of the Black Mafia, he is played by Chris Rock. Mm -hmm. And Chris Rock does a pretty good job. He does a pretty good job at, uh, I should say, just acting in general. He's not... He's not the caricature Chris Rock you might know from Saturday Night mm -hmm. Live. He is... Well, now I'm disappointed. Yeah, he's not really yelling a lot. He yells a little bit. It's a it's a solid performance from, from Chris Rock. He plays Lloyd Cannon. And he is, again, father, patriarch, leader of this criminal organization. He has his... He has his own family, his own group of, of advisors and confidants... And he is up against uh, the Italian family that is headed up by Jason Schwartzman. Uh, oh, Schwartzman's in this? Exactly. Schwartzman's in this. And he plays a very good Italian mob boss. And despite the fact that. despite the fact that, you know, <laughs> I was expecting... Tell me his name. Schwartzman. No, no, no. His what? character's name. His... Tell me his character's <laughs> name. <laughs> Josto Fada. <laughs> say it again. Josto Fada. <laughs> now say it different. No, I don't know how. Say, say it Italian. I don't know how to say it Italian. It's Josto Fada. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so Jason Schwartzman, he was one of the one of the kids who was traded to the Irish. Uh, oh yeah, the, yeah. That seems yeah. that seems so weird that they push this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they they the they lengths push, that these warring mm -hmm. families go to. It's yeah, to an attempt to preserve peace and whatnot, and it doesn't work. But Jason Schwartzman's character, Josto, he Jason Schwartzman plays a really good uh, Italian mob boss or mob boss, I should say, because 
Jason Schwartzman being Jason Schwartzman, I was expecting, um, you know, short man syndrome, constant sort of like uh, him. I was expecting him to play more of like an Alfredo from The Godfather, and that's not the case at all. He is actually Alfredo, you know, the weaker older brother. You know. Oh, okay. And, I haven't uh, seen The Godfather in a while. Uh, you know, the one is always shriveling. It's like, Michael! And he goes like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, did, he didn't mean it, you know. And uh, Jason Schwartzman, he played, because, and he doesn't play sort of the weaker older brother because in season two, you already had a character who was the weaker younger brother who was never going to amount, never strong enough to lead the family. And Jason Schwartzman is a competent leader, a competent, intimidating mob boss, but he's at war internally with his younger brother, the large, the fat Italian man who sounds like Jack Black doing a Mexican accent. And they're at odds with one another over the recent uh, passing of their father. And that means Jason Swordsman's character, Justo, becomes the leader of the family. And they begin to argue. But the younger brother, he's been in Italy. He was sent away at a young age to Italy over something he did and now he's coming to america back to america for the first time and he's trying to usurp his brother and mm. that's an interesting dynamic that they have because the younger brother is the bigger one and the louder one and the brasher one the he's more of the sunny corleone mm-hmm. than it's it's almost like sunny corleone versus alfredo but they're not quite like that because like I said earlier, the the larger brother, he occasionally he slips and falls. He has like these moments where he's like embarrassed, and he's not perfect. He's not. There's no Michael Corleone here, you know. There's no like perfect son who really, just excels at everything. Like I really it's hope these, anyone what? listening has seen The Godfather. <laughs> Who hasn't seen The Godfather? A lot of people, I know. Well, but also, it's I've seen it a couple times. I think it's just been so long. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe I am relying too much on, on that movie as being like a, a cultural touchstone or keystone. It's just, if you're, it, well, I mean, it's... It sounds like it's pretty relevant to make that connection. Yeah. So no, that's fine. Just mm-hmm. I, I just I'm struggling because it's like, oh wait, which one was was Alfredo? Oh yeah, that one. So Alfredo that... was was the weaker brother. Sonny was the oldest. You know, yeah. he was the the gun ho brother, always out to hit first, like shoot first, ask questions later type of guy. And Michael was the one who didn't want to get involved, but had to. You know, he had to, and then he took o- he took on the responsibility, and he, he was, was the, the youngest son. The baby boy. He was the baby boy, destined for greater things, but he stepped up, took the responsibility, and then turned out to be the most the most powerful, the most feared, and the most intelligent of the brothers. Uh, by the end of it, and there's no such character in this show uh, because not Schwartzman. Not Schwartzman. He's not. He's not a Michael Corleone. Not he's closer, Josto. Not Josto. Josto. He's, clo- he's closer to 
he's closer to an Alfredo. He has a drug habit. He yeah, he has a drug habit. He has a lady he sees on the side. He is smart though. He's way smarter than Alfredo. Um and he does he's a lot meaner than Alfredo. And he's overall just Wait, he's a flawed individual. What? Who who is picking you up from school? Is it both your parents? No, it's just Stofada. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I could I had to get it out. I just when I saw that name, I just had to. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> You're terrible. Welcome. It's terrible. Oh my! You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. And so, it's, well, anyway, it's, it's it's a very compelling. interesting show. I, I just finished season four. It's I just finished season four. Don't, it's very good. I haven't seen the movie either. Obviously, mm-hmm. they could you couldn't really include all this skipping around these different timelines in the movie. Mm-hmm. What is the movie about then? Is it just kind of almost like an, its own season? Like it's just also in this town, worrying, dealing with crime? Well, the movie was made by the Coen brothers like a long time ago, right? So this show is more of like a spiritual successor to the film okay. the film is very similar to season one in which it's about a man trying to kill his wife and oh, okay. uh, getting caught up in the criminal element and being in way over his head I actually need to rewatch it because it's been forever since I've seen it um, but yeah it, it, it is about like how wacky it th- these things are like it's yeah you know like, what? It's, it's hard to, it's hard to talk about because the show has so much humor in it but the mm-hmm. key thing about humor, it's it's not about the punchlines. It's about how things are said and how things are done. Like stupid, funny things happen in the show. But even these stupid, funny things have consequences. Mm-hmm. And like I won't really get into that. But something unexpectedly but... stupid will happen. And it'll just change the course of events in the show. You know what it reminds me of is a Liam Neeson movie. Did you ever see... Uh... It's got something with like winter in the name or something winter. about. Is it the gray? Be... No, it's not the gray. There's so, just the so many action movies. Yeah. That's the one with the wolves. It's not that one. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't. It definitely wasn't one of his bigger ones. Is it the Ice Road? It might be the Ice Road. The Ice Road. No, no, no. I think that one is specifically there... about truckers. Yeah. Uh, it... God, that's weird. He did. He did do a movie where he was just like a snow plowman, right? I, like he just plowed snow. I, I didn't just see a, that one. I just, just saw. He was a trucker right in the right snow. I, that's what it looks like. But oh it, but God. the one I'm thinking of is called Cold Pursuit. Did you see that one? No. That was another one of his just doing mm-hmm. another action movie. Slips under the radar, but that mm-hmm. one had a little bit more of an artistic vibe going to it it i believe it was like based on a book and they were taking a lot of cues from the book because it kind of he's -hmm. he's not a hitman he's just regular guy Mm -hmm. thrust into the position of violent avenger Mm -hmm. which was this the ice road no no this is cold pursuit that i'm talking about. cold pursuit okay here it is yeah 2019 yeah it was pretty recent I, I forget. I didn't see it in theaters, I'm pretty sure. I just happened to see it. It came out on streaming somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I think it just gives me a very similar vibe, obviously, the northern winter setting. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of 
quirky. It's kind of it. Obviously, he's he's trying to avenge the death of his son, I think. Mm-hmm. And but he, it's all tied into this like under underworld crime organization. Mm-hmm. His brother's involved with that crime organization, mm-hmm. but it, it's not. Yeah, so he he ends up killing people. A lot of people die. A lot of fighting, shooting. Mm-hmm. So it's like. I I feel like it's got similar vibes, and then it's just also some quirky, like really out there stuff happens and mm-hmm. kind of pushes the plot. And yeah, kind of like that trucking movie. He I think he's a snowplow driver. Yeah, and in this one, I'm watching the, big... the trailer. I'm watching the trailer the trailer right now. He is a snow tra- a snow plow driver. And and yeah, he, they live in some very I think it's like Colorado or something, some very yeah. snowy area. Yeah, but yeah, it. I'm watching, the tra- the, yeah. I'm watching the trailer on mute, and I think you're right. It is a very similar vibe to this. Like, I'm just looking at how, like, certain characters are shot and how some characters are just weird looking. And yeah. I think, like, there's a shot here where the brother's just not wearing pants, but he's wearing shoes and socks. Like, it's, I don't know. I, I might be seeing that wrong. But I think you're right. I think oh, the, the... And there's also, the, um, there's one bit in the movie... Mm-hmm. I feel like it's very similar to Fargo, based on what you've mm-hmm. said. There's also a hitman in mm-hmm. the movie, and Liam Neeson is talking to him at one point, and mm-hmm. the hitman's name is the Eskimo. He's a black mm-hmm. guy, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's Liam Neeson. Someone else goes to the Eskimo. And he's asking him, "Is like, why do they call you the Eskimo?" Because I don't think he's he's like mm-hmm. an actual Eskimo or anything. Yeah, and I think his explanation was like. Uh, something like, why else would there be a brother in in the snow like this? <laughs> something like, some some racial commentary. Mm-hmm. He's it 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 landed much better than how I'm delivering it, but that makes it, no it was sense. it was just but, a little okay. bit of humor, just some mm-hmm. some attempt at it. Yeah, yeah. I think I I might watch this because this does look wackier than than the trailer I remember. It's not super wacky, but it's it, it yeah, looks like it's got vibe, hints. Yeah, it looks like it's got hints. Yeah. Because it's kind I, of mm-hmm. stuff just happens, kind of like you what you were saying. Mm-hmm. He's it's very serious. He's trying to find out what happened to his son, and he people are you know fighting and dying, but some yeah something random will just happen and. I believe that's kind of the feeling of the movie. It's like an icicle falls from a house and impales a guy straight through the head kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that happens, but similar similar ideas. No, Yeah, no, in Fargo, something as stupid as that would happen. And it's yeah. just like, it, it's, it's on that level of like completely random. Not that it's not foreshadowed. Like in season four, there's a thing that happens that is like very stupid. And it's like, this changes things immediately but like it happens because this happens now other events can happen if that makes sense um like there was a certain like there's a character who was like protecting himself right he was building up a defense or he had a defense right and because of this one stupid thing happening his entire defense falls apart He's no longer protected because of this one literal idiotic thing that happened. But this idiotic thing is foreshadowed because it's happened before. 
and it was just wasn't a big problem before. So it's not it's Is not it, something. What's up? Is it kind of like delivering a punchline? Like they set it up like, oh, this thing happened before, so keep an eye out for it, and then it happens again, kind of thing. Not not even that because it's only really foreshadowed once. Like it's mm. just like that in and of itself. The first time it happens, it's haha funny. It's haha funny <laughs> that happened. And then it later it happens again, but there's dire consequences to it happening. Mm. And so the first time you're like, ha 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 ha. The second time you're like, ah, oh, fuck. Because you were sort of rooting for the character. Like, it's, it's weird. You're like, all of the characters are endearing in their own way. Even the even despite the fact that they're all despicable, for the most part, yeah, most of the characters are all Spider-Man. despicable. Because Spider Man, and I don't know. Can season I... four, season four is very, very good because there's there's two gangs at war, uh, one family trying to survive in between, and you throw a you throw a serial killer in the mix, and it's it's just good. It's just a very fun season. Season two is also very fun. Season I've always, I've always wondered what it was because mm-hmm. it's kind of one of those shows that's just mentioned a lot, but yeah. nobody ever talks about it directly. So I've I never gave it a shot. I never watched any of it. Never yeah, saw the like, movie. It's it's critically acclaimed, which is easy to say nowadays because there's a lot of stuff critically acclaimed, which is the point of this podcast. Uh, well, it's weird. critically acclaimed, but then it 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 you know, it's drowned out by everything else, and it's on premium cable. Right, it's on FX. Right, and now it's on Hulu, mm-hmm. and so it doesn't get the attention that it might have otherwise gotten at a different time, you know. But it's it's a very good show. I like I've been trying. Like I I got through like two maybe three episodes of Shadow and Bone. Like I tr- I was trying to watch a, l- a bunch of different shows. There's another show on Hulu called <laughs> The Terror. Well, what? Slow slow down. You don't have what? to. Well, no, I was trying to watch it, you know, and then uh, Fargo, I was trying different shows, and then Fargo, just, I, I, I stuck with that one. Out of, like, five shows I tried to watch, Fargo, I stuck through and watched the entire fourth season, like, in essentially I, two sittings. And no, I, I have to get back on Shadowbone. It just, it sounds like a nightmare to me, just kind mm-hmm. of like as a, uh, the completionist in me, it's like, I hate... Mm-hmm having a bunch juggling a bunch of like of this of one thing like a tv show because mm-hmm. i like to watch one all the way through then just be it have it be set and done and then start another one and you know stick with that and get all the way through yeah so it's to me if i were to start like taking all the shows you're telling me about and start each one of them and only watch a couple episodes each i would just, i couldn't handle that <laughs> it would the anxiety josh i guess so i i didn't ever thought of it that way um, that's just me specific. No, that's no, personal I get to it. me. I get it. Um, let's see here. But talking about another show, like another anthology show on, on FX, because they no, actually, this is AMC, I think. Anyway, anthology shows they're big uh, at the moment on cable. And so I was watching another one, which was I don't know if I don't another know if I recommend. One. I, Another one. I think it's just very specific because the pitch on it was very interesting to me that it was it was real events that occurred but 
so little is known about the event that the speculation is that something paranormal occurred. You know? <laughs> what? If the Pope shits in the woods, does anybody smell it? Oh my god. <laughs> That's what he reminded me of. <laughs> what is it? Bear poops in the woods. No, wait, is it? It's the Pope. It's the Pope. I don't know. I've never heard that before. What do you mean? Oh, you never heard that. Before? I've never heard that before. If a if the Look. Pope poops in the woods, <laughs> I've never heard that before. Anyway, it's well, at this point. I don't even know the original joke. It's a play off of the phrase. If yeah. a tree falls, does anyone mm-hmm. hear it? Mm-hmm. I, I believe it's. It comes from that. I think that if question. a tree falls in the woods and there's no one to hear it, does it really make a noise? Like that's yeah. So that's the original. From there, somehow there's a connection to like if a bear shits in the woods. Yeah, to the Pope. I don't know. Like, <laughs> and then the Pope got thrown in there. I don't know. It's oh just something worth referencing uh-huh. because it's a poop joke, and that's always yeah. funny. That is true. That is funny. God damn it, Matt. What? <laughs> if the Pope poops in the woods, does anybody smell it? Does anybody smell it? <laughs> if the Pope poops in the woods, does it stink? Oh my god. If we're going by the if we're going by the original, it goes if the Pope poops in the woods and there's nobody to smell it, does it really stink? Like it's never that mind. could be what, it. it that, could be it. Whatever, could be whatever. It. But then why t- is the? <laughs> but then why thing. is the Pope in the woods? Then why it is probably, the Pope what, in the woods? It probably is supposed to be the bears. Oh so then, where god. did the Pope come from? <laughs> oh my god! Maybe if the Pope poops in the woods and only bears can smell it, <laughs> does it stink? Oh my god! <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. Why? We, never mind. It's not supposed to, but you know what? Whenever I hear that joke, uh-huh. I laugh every time. Every time. When it's well delivered, there's uh-huh. there's a throwaway line in a Friends episode mm-hmm. where Joey is mentioning that, and he messes it up too, and he's just like, oh, the Pope poops in... No, it was the bears, and I just mm-hmm. I laugh every time. He always... <laughs> that's the whole point of Joey, though. He mixes things up, and he messes them up, like... What's that one? Yeah. The one I like that he does. It goes like, "Oh, you mean a moo point?" It goes, he's like, "That's that's a moo point." And they're like, "What?" You know, it's like a, a moo cow's point. opinion. It doesn't matter. It's moo. It's moo. <laughs> so, like, does that mean every animal, the noise they make, that's their opinion? Is that what he's saying? Basically, because it doesn't matter. Saying, it's, it's a cow's we saying opinion. It's it's irrelevant <laughs> because it it just it just sounds like moo every time. You know, moo. Love that. <laughs> Friends had such good writing. Oh my god. Which is so weird because, like, it's not like. I try to watch it compared to. I've tried to compare jumping off of Fargo onto just, you know, uh, pop culture sitcoms, right? I've tried to compare it to, like. Well, we could talk about Friends. Barry. We could talk about Barry, too, but that's fine. We talk about Barry another time. It's. Friends. No, I'm saying Barry what? sounds similar to this, but Barry. I want to is... talk. I want to talk about friends. I want to talk about friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's friends. I'm trying to figure out how how is the writing better than let's say um, Big Bang Theory, you know, like hmm. 
how is it better? Like, they both have laugh tracks. A lot of the jokes are shallow, especially in the beginning of the show. But then some of the jokes on Friends are just really fucking clever. And I think those few jokes that that really stand apart from the rest are what um, makes the show distinct from all the other sitcoms, right? And then you also got to consider... Like, the character arcs that the characters go through. They don't necessarily grow, right? Because it, it's a product of its time where everything has to reset by the end of the episode, right? But if you just look at Ross as a character, right? Oh, God. He, he goes through so much change over the course of the show. And that wives. I tr- and wives. Like, I didn't know, until I, tr- I tried to rewatch it recently, I didn't know that, like... The show starts with his divorce. Like, he just yeah. got divorced because his wife left him for a woman. Like, that's how the mm-hmm. show starts. And then soon after that, within the same season, like three episodes later, I think, he finds out he had a kid, that his ex-wife is pregnant with his kid. Mm-hmm. And that, like, that's season one of the show. Like, that yeah. is... I mean, I think if you look at the show overall... Mm-hmm. I think of that like season one you use mm-hmm. those kinds of things as a hook kind of yeah. like a hook in an, in a single episode there's a hook to grab you I feel like that's kind of the hook they were building in to the first season as a whole to yeah. grab audiences for the whole thing mm-hmm. you know they're trying to stand out Nin- the 90s were certainly a big time for sitcoms mm-hmm. like you don't really have that in Big Bang Theory or even How I Met Your Mother, right? Like, yeah, I th- I think in How I Met Your Mother, the only thing I really remember well, is is that like Marshall, right, the big guy in the married couple in the Jason Siegel, Jason Siegel. I think he has like an episode where, or a few episodes where he leaves the law firm that he hates working at and starts to work for a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. I think I remember that, but otherwise, like. Barney's at the same place. I think Ted becomes a professor at some point. Robin, you're yeah. you're sort of tra- you're tracking her career as an anchor woman, right? Mm-hmm. And that's all I know about their careers. But like that, all of that pales in comparison to season one Ross, where like well, I can't. I would... It's so extreme as a start for a character, you know. Even compared to the rest yeah. of the friends, like, but I think they also use romance as a hook because yeah. I think oh, yeah. probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest, mm-hmm. arcs in the first season of Friends was the whole Ross and Rachel. Yeah, that's that's consistent. Whether or that's not consistent through the whole show, and but because of like how Rachel started. You know, in mm-hmm. le- in her wedding dress, having left her wedding that day. That's and right. And then uh-huh. Ross coming off of a marriage in which mm-hmm. she his wife left him for another woman, and mm-hmm. she's but she's pregnant with his kid. That all that I think that all actually is building towards their relationship. Mm-hmm. So that was I a big one. But I think mm-hmm. in How I Met Your Mother, the dynamic between Ted and Robin is a similar yeah. thing. They use their romance they're pining for each other yeah yeah and then throw barney in there blah blah blah, love triangle 
Oh, yeah. Well, but that's later in the show. That's not all in the first season. No, it's not on the first season. That's later. But then with Big Bang Theory, I feel like is the most divisive of the Mm -hmm. three. Because I I used to like it a lot. And then maybe just, you know, popular opinion kind of tainted my view. Mm -hmm. But then I kind of started to see the holes. I think Big Bang Theory was it is huge or was huge and it has a similar thing like the the relationship between Penny and Leonard. Yeah. But then I think the big issue with it is the whole premise of Big Bang Theory is it's making fun of a group of people. Mm-hmm. It kind of glorifies nerds, but it's also making fun of them at the same time. Yeah. Maybe that's what the problem was. I don't I know. I think that's part of it. They're popular characters. They become endearing, but then like the whole. I think Chuck po- Lore, his uh-huh. he's he's not he's just completely not afraid to insult people, which is probably why Charlie Sheen was a big part of yeah. uh, Two, Two and, and a Half, half Men. Man. And that's just kind of his, not just his, but just the shows mm-hmm. that he's made. A big part of it is just like that's how they get laughs. That's how they stay current. I didn't follow that show so closely. But, my, but, you know, Charlie Sheen had to leave the show, right? Mm-hmm. And my mother told me what happened to his character. Do you know what happened to his character? No, I actually didn't really watch Two and a Half Men much at all. So, in one of the recurring gags in the show was that Charlie Sheen's character had this neighbor who was stalking him all the time, right? Constantly pining over him and constantly, like, breaking into his house. Like, all of the time. Right. And... It was a running gag, and then eventually she would become a confidant, and he would talk to her and stuff like that about his problems and whatnot. And she was just a very, you know, very lovely woman who just happened to be a stalker and, you know, loved being there, right? But she always broke in. She always climbed up. She never walked in through the front door. She was always on his balcony. That was the gag, right? And what they did was in order to have, like, to explain away his absence... Apparently, what happened was that his stalker, the lady next door, murdered him. <laughs> oh, they just went full on for murder. That's what, at least that's what my mother told me. I should verify this, but my mother told me that the neighbor, no, well, the stalker neighbor lady murdered him. <laughs> I kind of like the idea that I don't know for sure. You don't know for sure. Anyone listening who hasn't seen the show doesn't know for sure. Maybe we should just leave it and that'll be our truth. If that's mm-hmm. not what really happened in the show. That's what happened to Charlie Sheen's character. Oh my, I'm gonna look it up though. I'm looking it up. But then you're spoiling what I just said. I know. Okay. If dude, you don't want to know, if you don't want to know, skip the next five minutes. Skip the next no, five you... minutes. <sighs> skip well, the next five minutes. If you're... We're not gonna be here for five more minutes. Uh, Probably not. Uh, so let's see here. Uh, just blah, 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 the final don't straw. read it out loud. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Just figure it out uh-huh. for yourself, but don't tell me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he was replaced by Ashton Kutcher. Uh, oh. Hold on. Well, don't make it sound interesting. Then I'll want to the know. Ca- the character... What? This is very compelling. What? Audio space. This is so weird. Oh no! No, see, I don't want to know. Don't tell me. Maybe you I'll find sure? out. Sure, because it's weirder than. Don't, 
It's weirder than I said and what I said it was. I want to leave it a mystery. I don't want to know. I can't leave it a mystery. It's weird. It, but it's not a mystery to you. You know, and that's fine. And anyone else who I wants ne- to I it must up, they tell it the audience. I don't want to know though. You don't want you sure? How long do you need to to say it? I I literally need 10 seconds. Okay, go. <laughs> I'm laughing the entire time. So He's, he doesn't say who kills him, but he's pushed in front of it. He falls off in front of a train in Paris, and then his body just explodes like a balloon full of meat. And apparently the character returns, but played by Kathy Bates, and he explains that his eternal damnation involves being trapped in the old broad's body. So the character comes back in the body of another person because he's cursed because of his sin. That just doesn't make sense. This can't be real. I don't okay. want to know. I'd rather not know. I'm I'm glad I got it out. I'm glad you took off your headphones <laughs> and I got this out because this doesn't make sense. It it is completely weird. You know I met the cast of Big Bang Theory. Oh, awesome. When? It was just a, a Comic Con signing. It wasn't like uh, I got to hang out with them, but uh, it was a signing and I got to say hi to them. It was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Who knows? Maybe if this blows up, we'll get to interview celebrities. You know, is that what we want? That's what I want. I'd like. I'd like to do that. But I want to be one of those cool interviewers that knows way too much. (laughs) You know, is that cool, or does that come off as like a know-it-all? Like, no, no. Like, there's in their faces. There's this one interviewer, primarily focuses on on music, right, in the hip hop scene, and Mm -hmm. he like. I think it's a it's a product of him being having his like nose to the grind so his ear to the ground for so many years that he knows where all of these rappers and artists started from because he's been on the circuit for so long or that he's just so well connected in the industry that he knows who to talk to over like where to get the early history of all these rappers and artists and so he'll talk to like this big artist who's huge now and he'll start to talk to them under the, one of their previous monikers right so like when they had a different rap name he'll bring it up and they'll say something mm. like how do you know that we didn't even publish anything under that name uh, and it's like it's a big like it's almost like a scary moment for the artist being interviewed and it's very entertaining to watch but something akin to that where that's what you want to be if i could just like wait know way too much about these celebrities and really get them to fight each other i think that's what i would want just like you want celebrities to fight with each other yeah like i want i want to start your pointless pointless beef you know i just want to start nudging that i just want yeah start making shit up it sounds like you want to be like tmz but yes you do no nothing serious like oh you're fucking crazy nothing serious just something goofy like between two ferns between two ferns uh, okay you know i could just saying I could see just that. weird things just asking weird questions you know uh, <laughs> i guess i feel just like weird you questions there's already between two ferns, so I feel like you kind of need your own niche. 
You need to yeah, ask weird questions related to like a certain thing. Like I want to do, like if I'm going to interview somebody, I want to do a deep dive of them, right? I want to do all the research necessary. And then I want to ask them very specific questions about like their hobbies and things they're interested in and things that like should like not necessarily shouldn't be known but things aren't that aren't well known you know like tom hanks has a typewriter collection you know yeah and so but i feel like a lot of talk shows already do that usually they talk to the celebrity first and they ask like oh mm-hmm. what's what's what do you have going on any interesting that. stuff i don't want to do you that. want to surprise them with it i want to surprise them i want them to, i want them to, who knows if i'll be able to do it right but i want to knock them off their feet a little bit you know, wake them up, because if we ever do press junkets, what we're going to get are sleepy, sleepy celebrities who have to answer the same 30 questions over and over again. Right. I want yeah. to I want to get something ridiculous, you know. Like Chris Pine hates bananas. Why? You know, something like that. I just made that up. Right. But like no, I would go did, to him and, and just ask I him, like, I want that to be true. Like, why do you hate bananas, Chris? And he just goes, I don't hate bananas. He goes, like, but according to this statement, I'm like, oh, God. You want to turn it into, like, a court what? trial? <laughs> just previously on this date, you stated yeah. you hate exactly. bananas. I want why this to be an interrogation. Why are you going back on that now? Why? Mm-hmm. Why do you want that? Because I think that's good television. That, I want to see him squirm. <laughs> And then you'll never get one to talk to you again. <laughs> no, the point is that it's so fun that they'll do it again. But it's just, it's all fun and games, right? It's nothing serious. There's no serious allegations, right? I feel like you're dreaming. Because I just, I can't imagine. So, I am dreaming. If you get to, bi- if you get to big enough celebrities, uh-huh. they're not going to have that many secrets. You're not going to have a, a secret to throw them off with each time. So much of their lives is so public. No, you're right. You're right. Again, it's just I, a dream. I, I love the idea. If it was something you could pull off, mm-hmm. absolutely. I think you yeah. should go for it. I'd be there for you. My I would throw in a weird question, too. I'd be like, do you wipe sitting or standing? Exactly. And then they would have to explain. Exactly. Questions like that, right? Just probing questions. Even if we didn't have the whole, like, oh, I know this ahead of time thing. But it's just like, do you, do you sit when you pee? Like, you know, like if, like if we're interviewing Liam Neeson, right? It goes like, you're an older man now. Do you sit while you do you why? sit while you pee now? Why would you say that? Why would you Why would you bring it up like that? <laughs> Let me stick the knife in and then I'll twist uh-huh. a little. Exactly. That's that's the, that's the whole thing, right? Maybe we'll maybe we'll get clearance first, right? We'll get clearance with the with the with celebrities first just so they don't hate us. I I would hope. Okay. <sighs> End it, Josh. Thank you for listening to Consume Content, Episode 8. I've been Josh. This has been Matt. I'm Matt. Thank you. What did we talk about? We talked about Fargo. And where is it? In Minnesota. No, where? The show. Where do you watch the show? (laughs) It's on Hulu. Get it wherever you can. All right. All right. I think I will. Cool. Yeah.